This is Ben Gillespie interviewing Sheila Hicks in her kitchen in Paris on July 21st, 2020 for the Smithsonian Institution Archives of American Art Pandemic Project. What's it been like to experience and watch the pandemic from Paris? What's it been like? Uh, it's horrifying because Paris, which is a vibrant, well-visited, entertaining, and um, exciting place to be has been uh, evacuated. Not only the locals have remained indoors and behaved, but uh, the borders are closed, the airports are, were, have been pretty much shut down. So we don't hear the foreign languages that we hear usually in the streets every day. In fact, you don't hear or see people in the streets during the course of March, April, May, until June. Now things are opening up and people are wandering out and people are sneaking across the border and coming in from different places with different kinds of pretexts of why they have to come to Paris. Um, so I live right in the center. And it's been combined um, feeling of abandonment and also relief to recuperate and have Paris back to yourself like it is sometimes when, um, when you're just in four o'clock in the morning and walking around your neighborhood with a few cats, stray cats and dogs. So you sort of have this double emotion, this emotion of uh, loneliness and uh, catastrophe and the other of paradise lost, regained of this wonderful place all to yourself. Now, as far as art and artists go, I think most of them have benefited from this in a creative way. At least all of my friends, all the people I talked to, have had very productive periods after they got over the initial, initial emotional shock. Um, but now they're all starting to think in terms of the marketing um, that surrounds the profession and the fear because all of the fairs are being canceled. All the art fairs, for instance, the uh, Basel Art Fair, the Frieze, you know, these are the things that enable the artists to show their work. They've been, we've been making things, now we're sort of ready to get them out and show them. And it's deadly to show them online, to tell you the truth. It's just as boring as can be to be looking at all these things running across the screen. You know, things that are, things that have material and that have texture and that have color. And uh, the repetitive images and all of the knockoffs and all of the second and third and fourth generation. <laughs> it's going very quickly now. All of the, um, all of the usual um, imitations that surface within the maybe a week or two or a month are happening within minutes, within hours with the fantastic internet 
between here and Asia. I see my work coming and going day and night. What's it like? I, it's At the beginning, maybe it's flattering, and then it's kind of frightening. It's like running ahead of the herd of camels. And if you look back and if you trip, you're going to be stampeded by all the activity that's going to come right and run right over you. So I wonder if I should just sit down and shut up and quit working for a while and just watch the, watch the film. I think some artists are thinking along that line. I, uh, I had a conversation with one of my oldest friends who lives here in Paris on internet. She's only a few blocks away, but she sent me an email. Help, I need 60 kilos of black wool. The Italians have lost the skirt of my sculpture and I'm showing in Belgium in September and I need to replace this mass of texture. Where and how can I find somebody who's open and able to supply me with material? I sat down thinking, how could you be inventive? in a case like this. You're not, you're very, very uh, unlikely to find someone who's working right now in their factory, who's a filleter, who's a spinner or a dyer. They're all sneaking out the door if they can to their country houses right now, or to visit some cousin. <laughs> so I said, why don't you take, I wrote, I didn't say, I wrote, why don't you take I sort of thought, what would I do in her situation? I thought I'd take everything out of my closet, cut it up in strips, put it in the washing machine and dye it. Black. Black is the subject of the day. Dye it and use that instead of going out and trying to shop and buy, purchase, acquire. Fold in, fold inwards, and use your resources that are immediate. Open your own refrigerator and your own freezer and not worry about if you're going to be able to find fresh fruit at the supermarket or not. There was sort of an attitude that was brewing and, and uh, developing in my neighborhood or at least amongst the team of artists that I work with. I think she was offended by this email because she wrote back and said, thanks, with an exclamation point. Like, you're not much help <laughs> when I need you. <laughs> but I wonder if that isn't the best help a lot of people can give to their community right now. Make it simple. Make it as simple as possible and help by not looking for complicated solutions to simple problems. That's my attitude and that's the way things are going here in Paris. I don't know how things are going in the States, but it sounds rather violent. It sounds rather aggressive. And it sounds like gatherings 
are complicated in the sense that you can there's no touch and hugging and feeling the way you do with a kind of camaraderie when you want to join together like at a funeral or a mourning ceremony or a manifestation where you kind of want to lock arms and walk together there's a double complexity now where don't touch don't get near don't breathe too closely to me stay away come help be with me but stay over there did you notice the way the heads of state greeted each other in Brussels yesterday at the European community meetings with a knock of the elbows and then sitting across the tables and instead of linking and helping shouting and pounding the table and insulting one another and intimidating one another and saying if we're all in this wagon together don't grab the hay and run we're supposed to be filling the wagon with hail with hay hail that's not bad either we're supposed to be filling the wagon the common wagon with hay for everyone's benefit and not everybody thinking what they can grab and run with i don't do I don't know, do you feel, looking at it from the States, if I may ask, that the Europeans are pulling together? Or are they going to manage to pull together? I think looking from the States, it always feels like the Europeans will manage to pull together a little better than we might in, in some circumstances. Um, but there definitely is a sense of um, how are we going to harness resources? How are we going to pool them? How are we going to pull them together? And uh, I think it's, you know, it's really compelling uh, what you described about that internal resourcefulness, about that, you know, this is a time when we're in our homes and this is a chance to re-examine what we have and how we can use it. And, um, you know, thinking about dyeing everything black if that's what you need going through the fridge. And um, I was wondering if, so how, in addition to offering advice to your friends, how has it affected your work, this sort of, this different resourcefulness while you're in the studio in Paris? I've, uh, I've uh, spent more time alone in my studio, telling people don't come in, don't take the public transport, don't risk your life. To, you know, to come to work, stay home. So that meant I regained my studio back quietly. And I could look in all the corners and all of the cupboards and move all the books. And I've uh, gained so much pleasure in rediscovering things that I completely forgot I had. And I'm beginning to realize that at my age, my memory is sort of touch and go. Now I should, I suppose I should be worried about that, but I'm really enjoying it because it's a whole new life of discovery again where I find things and I think, I wonder where that comes from. And then 
I'm sleeping and I wake up in the morning, I remember where I came from. I came from Afghanistan. Ah, when I was with a friend and we're on our way to Istanbul. And I'm this kind of, how it's affecting me as an artist and with my work. It's a new lease on life. I'm sort of re-furrowing into channels and tunnels where my memories completely blocked out a lot of things. And now I'm kind of recuperating and even, even dozens of books that I haven't read that I remember putting on bookshelves and then shoving other books in front and I'm finding them again. I'm finding them again and this time around I think I'm going to read them. That's, and it's certainly wonderful to have that newness and to have the time and the space to explore these things and to, to open books anew or for the first time. Um, has that been affecting your your schedule for shows, which I'm guessing have been delayed because I know you had a, a big 2020 slate of shows coming up. Um, so how have those been affected or shifted or are there things you want to change now? Uh, there's, I don't mean to be snide, but it, I gained a lot of time. Nothing's been canceled. It's been delayed, postponed. That means we can do a better catalog. That means we can find photographs that we didn't even want to bother to try and, and uh, recuperate or to, or to document. That means we can really exploit and explore the archives where before we were slamming things together to meet deadlines. So, um, so far so good. I'm trying to think if there's been any show canceled. No, there are people telling me that they've got a lot of problems with uh, budgets and with um, logistics and coordination. And so they tend to ring me or come to my door because I have a reputation for being a problem solver instead of a problem maker. And that must be because I'm foreign, American, and they think or they imagine I have some kind of special channel to uh, facilitators, to facilitate things. It's, it's just that I come from a background where my grandfather had a general store in a little town and I think the farmers came in and would ask him for things. And he wouldn't have what they were asking for. But he had an imagination of how they could get or find or make something of something he might have in the back room that would serve the purpose. And I'm getting that here. I'm getting that here in this crisis. A few will come to me and say, what happens now? We've lost the sponsor for this and this show. We've got to save it. It's going to be a good show. Who can we, who can we attack? Who can give us the money for this show? Who can find some sympathetic reason to want to do this show and not feel like they're second choice? You know, that they're being approached because someone else bailed out. No, it, it's, it's okay to be second choice. Someone else bailed out. It's not humiliating. They, they lost it. Pick up the ball and run with it.
Well, those sorts of opportunities to, to problem solve. Um, I was wondering about the, because your career has been so international and your studio is so international and how has that sense of community evolved with that, even if it's just you in the studio? How are those ideas coming together? I don't think that people come to my studio because of me. They come because it's near the Metro Odeon in Paris. <laughs> and that, it's a good place to squat and do any other thing that they want to do, like you did when you were in Paris, you know, do their research, visit shows, get into the archives of all these fabulous neglected corners of the Cluny, you know, of um, museums that have accumulated a lot of dust and, and also been misfiled. A lot of people find everything in Paris exciting because so many things are misfiled. It's because of the multiple languages, the multiple ways of thinking about languages and how where to file things. In, I think in the States it's easier. Everything has a kind of system and it's in English and everyone adapts to English. Here, almost everybody speaks a second and probably third language. So their brain circuits are moving in, uh, in, in uh, parallel orbits often simultaneously, which leads to a lot of misfiling, misinterpretation, misinformation, poetry, metaphors. You know, it's very, very funny. It's very, very funny. Absolutely. And how um, the communication within your, your studio, how has that been, how has that changed during the pandemic and um, your idea of being social with these other creative people in Paris by Odeon. How has it changed the last three months? Yes. Well, I've told people stay home, do your own work. And now they're coming in and they're bringing me and showing me what they're doing, you know, what they've been doing. It's, um, whereas before they always said, oh, I, I'm neglecting my own work because I don't have time. This time, you have, now you have time. You have time for your own work. You know, get on with it. These are the big problems facing artists, let's say, just out of Ecole de Beaux-Arts. Let's say, age 20 to 30. Let's get on with it. Distractions, babies, relationships, travels, all these things interfere with taking a deep dive into your own concerns, or at least trying to define your own concerns. Now it's um, been easier for people to sit and define their own concerns. I think, uh, I know they say that a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists are getting a lot of business these days, but um, a lot of people are taking the time to get it, to get it together for themselves. Are you? I'm not sure what getting it together would look like for me, but I do, I do find myself taking more time, which is good. Um, I guess sort of uh, by way of closing, 
is there anything you're looking forward to specifically after the end of the pandemic or is there, I guess, on the other side, is there something you'll miss? Will you miss this, um, this period of isolation and internal resourcefulness? I don't think of the pandemic ending. Over here, in my neighborhood, we don't think of it as ending. We think it's ongoing. We think it's part of our future. It's not a like now, one, two, three, and you know, it's over. Not at all. All my grandchildren who are trying to go into different universities, different schools, different things, don't think it's like one, two, three, and okay, now we can get back to normal. I don't think so. I think the whole thing's ongoing. It's a ship that's been pushed out to sea, but it doesn't have a port that it's heading to. It's just trying to float out to sea as best it can. And do you have any other closing thoughts? You mean a little more gay? If you want. <laughs> Learn to swim. Well, that's great. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.